Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on August 27th, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you'd like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find more information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Mark Gravrock with the Gospel reading. Gospel reading for this day is written in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus was distracted. Oh, don't get me wrong. He was his same warm, wise, compassionate self with that same twinkle in his eye, that same joyful sense of humor. He was as present to us as he always was, but Jesus was distracted. Clearly, there was something on his mind. It wasn't surprising. I suppose you could say the honeymoon was over. This was no longer the fresh, playful springtime of his ministry. Things were getting serious. John the Baptist had been imprisoned and then murdered. The religious leaders were ramping up their opposition to Jesus, dogging us at every turn, their accusations and threats growing more virulent by the day. For the last few weeks, in fact, Jesus had taken us out of Galilee altogether, up north to Tyre and Sidon and over to the east to the Decapolis, avoiding the reach of King Herod and his threats completely. There was a lot on Jesus' mind, a lot on his heart. Well, finally, he took us north to Banias, to Caesarea Philippi. It was a sweet retreat. Have you been there? No? There at the foot of Mount Hermon, a lush, beautiful place filled with trees and water, you could see Jesus visibly relax in this haven. It's a pagan site, and that felt just a little creepy to us Jews. The god Baal was worshipped there in ancient centuries. Since Alexander's time, it had been a sanctuary to Pan, the Greek god of the wilds and of the forests. There's a high rocky cliff there with a cave. Locals call it Pan's cave, the gates of the underworld, the gates of Hades. Before the earthquake, one of the sources of the Jordan River flowed out of that cave, plunging down a thunderous waterfall a short distance away. Jesus, as I mentioned, visibly relaxed as soon as we settled into this peaceful place. But you could tell there was still a lot on his mind. 
He was silent for a long time. And then suddenly he seemed to surface. He turned to us and he asked, what are people saying about me? Who do they think I am? Well, that's a weird question, I thought. Jesus, why do you want to know? What are you thinking? Usually you seem totally unconcerned about yourself. Your focus is always on God and on other people and their needs, on your message and your good news. What are people saying about me? That's not like you, Jesus. That's what I was thinking. I didn't say it out loud, of course. Is this like middle school, passing notes to find out does she like me or not? When did you start worrying about your reputation? Or are you maybe wondering whether anybody's catching on to what you're all about? What are people saying about me? Well, we all pitched in the kinds of things that we've been hearing. Of course, Jesus has been the talk of the town for months on end. Everybody's buzzing about him, about his teaching and his healing. Everybody wondering who he is, what he is. Rabbi, teacher, prophet, healer, wise man, guru. And what are the authorities going to do about him? And then Jesus changes the question. He points it right back at us. What about you? What are you saying about me? Who do you think I am? Well, suddenly this is no longer casual chit-chat. It's not academic and it's not gossip. Suddenly this is about me and where I stand with Jesus. I don't know what came over me. Sure, we had all been speculating together. We'd had countless conversations among us disciples asking each other, who in the world is this guy? What is his role in God's great plan? Is he this? Is he that? How shall we make sense of him? What, is, what does he mean for us? And I just blurted out the thing that had been growing in my mind and, I, and heart. I said, you are the anointed one. You are the son of the living God. But Jesus looked at me with such pure joy on his face. Oh, Simon, son of John, you are blessed. You didn't come up with this on your own and you didn't get it from other people's talk. It's my Abba, my father, who has shown this to your heart. I have to say, I was blown away, blown away by Jesus' response and by his clear delight. And then Jesus glanced over at that cliff face and said, Simon, I'm giving you a new name, a new identity. Now you are Peter, the rock, because this is the rock that my whole new beloved community will be grounded on. You're catching on to who I am, what I'm about, and that rock is the foundation for everything that God is doing in us and through us. And Simon, no, Peter, my rock, nothing's going to stop us. Nothing is going to stand in the way of what God is doing in us. Nothing. Not Rome, not Herod, not the religious leaders, nothing. And he glanced over at the cave. He said, not even the gates of Hades, not even the gates of death, nothing will hinder this beloved community. We're all reeling, trying to take this in. When Jesus pauses and says to us, um, by the way, don't tell anyone. What you've learned, that I'm the anointed one, don't tell anybody. Just keep it to yourself for now. Don't tell anyone? Jesus, if you care so much about what people are saying about you, and if you're so clearly delighted that I've realized who you are, why in the world don't you want us to spread it far and wide? What's the point? 
It must have been the next day or the day after that I found out what was the point. I thought I understood now who Jesus is and what he's about, but I really didn't get it at all. Suddenly it became clear what had been on Jesus' mind for so long now, what he'd been stewing about here in this retreat spot. Jesus began to tell us that he was going to the cross, that he was going to his death. No way, I cried. That doesn't fit the Messiah script. And Jesus rebuked me. I hadn't understood anything at all. Well, that part is next week's gospel reading, so you'll have to save that part of the story for then. What are people saying about me? And who do you say that I am? There are two elements of today's story that have captured me this time around. First, why does Jesus even ask the question? Why does he care what people think? Why does he care what we think? And second, why is Jesus so clearly pleased with Peter's response, even though next week it will become obvious that Peter really has no clue at all what Jesus is about? Well, let me perversely take the second one first. Jesus is so clearly tickled with Peter's response. Simon, son of John, you are blessed. You didn't come up with this on your own. It's God who has shown this to your heart. And yet Jesus knows full well that Peter's confession, anointed one, Messiah, Christ, son of God, he knows full well that Peter's answer is inadequate. That what Peter thinks Messiah means is way too small for Jesus and his mission that the Messiah talk is going to lead everybody into a cul-de-sac, a mistaken notion that's going to go nowhere. Don't tell anybody, he urges us. And next week, Peter's violent objection to Jesus' true mission proves that our categories are too small. Even so, Peter's answer 